at this point in my career, I'm not just like looking to get the most money or whatever. Like I want to work with people I'm excited to work with. I want to have long-term relationships. I want to work with people that treat me well and I'm doing my best to treat them well too. Like I want this based on mutual respect. And when you want higher level people to work with you, that's what you're going to need beyond just their price. This is Super Fast Business with James Schramko. James Helping you build your business super fast. James Remco here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 687. And we're going to be talking about copywriting with my new friend, Brian McCarthy. Welcome, Brian. Hey, James. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. It really is, actually. You have a special place in my heart. You're the most expensive contractor I've ever hired. Uh, <laughs> thank you. And... Um, I'm referring, of course, to the recent help you gave me to update the superfastbusiness.com website. So, listener, if you're visiting superfastbusiness.com in uh, the last few months from when you hear this podcast, it was updated with some work that I had got some help from Brian with. Uh, I'll just give a little backstory to this. I have been working with Kevin Rogers for many, many years. We're friends. I've been coaching him for at least five years. We built Copy Chief together, and I know he has a I don't know what a collection of copywriters is called. Maybe it's, what do you call a lot of neurotic, crazy people? A gaggle. Um, a gaggle yeah. um, <laughs> in there. And I said uh, to Kevin, Kevin, who do you recommend for me for my own copy? Because I either sit down and pull out my copywriting books and refresh and get back into the mindset of it, or I just get help. And I've been talking about, you know, it's more important to have the who and not the how. And so I just bit the bullet and I went across to marketingwithbrian.com. Kevin's referral was to you, Brian, and that's B-R-I-A-N, not the Y, and uh, marketingwithbrian.com. And I saw that you had a heavy emphasis on case study marketing and Kevin showed me yes. his pages where you'd actually interviewed his clients and turned them into nice stories that are compelling for people wanting to join Copy Chief. And there was one line on your page that I think really helped me out. And that was that you like to write non-hypey sales copy. And I thought, okay, that's your point of difference from most of the copy I've read. And the thing that held me back from having copy from most other people was, firstly, it was sort of within my ability to do reasonable copy because I'd never actually invested in a copywriter before, you know, since I've been online in 2005. And secondly, they always seem to just sort of hype crap up and that's not me. It's not my style. And I'm sure as you spoke to my customers who are reasonably intermediate and advanced, you would have realized they're not the type of customers buying stuff because they can get a quick win or instant riches or because I've made some amazing magical promise to them uh, that they'll be wealthy beyond their measure by just pushing a button. Did you get a sense of that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All the people I talked to in the reviews, like, you know, when I was doing the research and look what people were saying, everyone's like what they liked about you was just how how real you were and yeah you like <laughs> you don't have those big hypey promises and your audience is smart enough to know like yeah that stuff usually is just kind of nonsense yeah so initially when uh, we we're talking about pricing it was quite a lot of money and i wanted time to digest that i had to make a decision it wasn't even a decision like whether I get Brian or someone else. It was just a decision whether it's Brian or I do it. And then what was on my mind was what's going to be involved. And as it panned out, I'm absolutely delighted with the fact that I went down that path because while you were doing the copy, I was doing other things. So there's one thing. There's the opportunity cost. The second thing is the return on investment argument. My only question is, if I invest this amount of money, will I make that amount back in having increased sales over what I would ordinarily make? 
And Brian, I can happily tell you the answer is yes. <laughs> Excellent. Since we rolled out the copy, it's been more than two months. And what we've found is the conversions have been extraordinarily consistent. I'm getting the best quality of customer. It's holding at our newer price rates from what we used to sell at. And that's just purely because I've reached the limit of what I can give in terms of private coaching. So I split out to two tiers. There's a private coaching and a non-private coaching. And I'm like delivering. Our customers get results, which of course you knew from interviewing them. And the fact that so many of them stay for years. So the new copy has been really well received. It's causing great inquiries from people who are interested in the coaching. It's making it easy for them to understand what it actually is they're buying. I'm finding the onboarding is easier. We're getting more traction earlier with our customers who come in because they've been set up. What you did that was so good is you helped me package what I sell better than I was able to explain it before. And I think that's the art of a great copywriter. You've segmented my offering into clearly labeled things. You've given absolutely oodles of proof from the homepage to the sales page. There's even pre-sales pages, a sales page, and then even the shopping cart. There's just proof on proof on proof because over the years I've generated so many success stories that we might as well use some of them. Exactly. And I think you mentioned to me at one point, we didn't even use all the ones we've got. There's plenty more than we did use. Can you explain about that? Oh, not even close. Yeah. I mean, we really could only use the best ones that ones that would resonate with like where people are on now, what they're looking for. But there's so many more. And honestly, there is some of the bigger ones that I would hold back on because sometimes if you do like lay out this big promise, people don't necessarily believe it. It's just it's too big. It's too much. So there was a lot we didn't use, including like a lot of pretty incredible stories that didn't quite make the page because there's only room for so many. I mean, going into that project, like that was one of my obvious, okay, we definitely need to add proof because we had, like James has so much of it and it's a big differentiator because there's a lot of other people that claim that they can help and don't have any of the stats or years of helping people to back it up. And, you know, on this topic of why hire a professional copywriter, how important is it in terms of dealing with the customer? Like from your point of view of the copywriter, I know the customer is always thinking they're the center of the universe and it's, you know, they're the most important and it's their money and their customers and what are they going to get? But I think sometimes they ignore the point of view of the contractor. And I have so much empathy, I think because I'm a coach, I'm always thinking about the other person too. Like I always try to respond promptly. I always pay instantly. I use the work that I've commissioned instead of letting it sit dusty in a corner. How important are those things as a copywriting contractor? And how much influence would that have in terms of whether you would do future work with that person? And would it also start to bias you a little bit favorably towards that person and help you have an extended relationship in future projects? It's absolutely huge for having long-term relationships, extending the relationships. Um, I mean, having someone like you that gave me all the information I needed that would respond quickly, you know, pay on time. It makes such a difference. I think a lot of previous business owners I've worked with, they just kind of think like, all right, well, I'm paying this person. Therefore, they should just like be at my beck and call. And they don't really have a lot of respect for their contractors or people they're working with, which first of all, it's like, okay, just treat people well is like a good way to live. And absolutely. I mean, especially with better contractors, like at this point in my career, I'm not just like looking to get the most money or whatever. Like I want to work with people I'm excited to work with. I want to have long-term relationships. I want to work with people that treat me well and I'm doing my best to treat them well too. Like I want this based on mutual respect. And when you want higher level people to work with you, that's what you're going to need beyond just their price. Well, I think it definitely works. Like because you were meeting the milestones and because we were syncing together, that's with a why. (laughs) 
we established a good rapport and then it was easy for you to offer me related services around that initial offering that made sense and I think you were able to make it an easy decision for me but it was also it was an easy decision for me because of the evidence of the stuff rolling through and I wanted as much as possible to use what was delivered without modifying it to give you the satisfaction of getting the result without it being too blurred and also for me to just trust that the professionals got this and that they know what they're doing. And, you know, aside from very small, you know, minor choices, which are personal choices, like uh, like you, I've made a choice where I probably make a little less money by not having um, massive money back or double your money back type guarantees because I, it's not really my brand to do that. But also I get a really good quality customer who's operating without a safety net and we get great results. So that was good. Now, one of the f- huge things that it was obvious to me once we got started was the amount of research that goes into this. You had me commission a survey to my audience. You went through my entire forum. You looked for every success story. You interviewed my customers. This is clearly a lot of upfront work and it definitely translated through into the final product. It articulated in such a demonstrative way the value that someone gets being a member of Superfast Business. So I also noticed that the case studies are a core pillar of your marketing offering. Is this something you put there by accident or did you um, discover it uh, through someone teaching you? How did you know that case studies were the key? Do you mean the case studies that we mixed in for your marketing or do you just mean in my own? I mean, it's something you offer as a core. It seems to be what you lead with. You're kind of known as the case study guy. And they were all through the sales page and they seem to do the heavy lifting. The case studies do a lot of the selling without having to ever put a sales word because the customer's an advocate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that started, I was working with a client and we realized like, wait, we have all these absolutely incredible success stories and we're not sharing them? Like what? (laughs) And it's so valuable, especially because, you know, anyone has a bunch of different types. You know, you've got different types of avatars. Like for you, there's the person coming in who initially needs traffic help. Someone else needs a business model help. It's like they're looking for something specific. And a case study lets you target like that person specifically in terms of demographics, in terms of pain, in terms of what they want, and then helps them see that this transformation is available. They let you be super targeted. And as I was started doing them for that client, I realized like, oh, they're also super fun because you get to talk to these people. They're super excited. They give you all these amazing like stories, like heartbreaking moments. And you're just like, oh, this is phenomenal. I don't have to like do much other than record the information and just put it back out there. And now we can have this incredible story that's going to be super resonant with a certain type of customer. And then we do this six more times. And now we have like, that's kind of what we were doing for Kevin. Like we were targeting different types types of customers when we did different case studies for different people. And that's pretty much what I do with all my clients. So yeah, it's like the case studies shows when you do it the way I do it, when you're also doing like you're teaching through it. So it's not just uh, and then they joined and everything's great. It's like, oh, they joined. This is what they learned. This is how they got from A to B to C. You really take them on that journey and let the people see how it's possible. And then you've got a story that's basically the entire sales argument. You can get your USP in there. You can get, you know, the pains and desires and all that other stuff that makes for great copy. And it just makes life so much easier. And you don't have to worry about hype or whatever because you've got this killer story. What do you think that you do that's so different than someone trying to do this themselves? I'll lead with one giveaway. When I see a lot of videos for people's sales page or events, I see those sort of vox pop type videos where someone's just come out of the room and they're all hyped up. 
but there's absolutely no substance. They're like, oh, it was amazing. My brain's exploded. I got so many notes. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like I just delete those because they're useless. They don't demonstrate a single positive outcome other than the fact that the person was happy they went to the event, but there's no transformation yeah. yet. That's like spa bath. Yeah. And that's why I like case studies if you're doing them at the live event, like you can get great stuff. And you helped me with that. You told me what to capture, which we did and we used on our live event video reel is um, a better type of case study. So I'd love for you if you share the sort of advice you gave me and what people could do. And you shared it with me because it helped you capture some stories that we're also able to use for the membership because it's the same customers. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, some of the things that I really like to focus on is like what specifically they learned, what they are using or how you have used specific results they got and then why they decided to go with you over what else is out there because then you can really get into you know why people trust you and also getting like specific moments like what was the specific moments that caused so much pain that they needed help because that's when the things can get you know really emotional really resonant yeah it actually paints a picture other than like oh i was struggling to get leads and then specific moments of what they learned that was exciting and specific moments of the results they got because again that just paints a picture and makes it more real and it brings the viewer or listener into the moment and it helps them feel and experience it for themselves and then the better they can see it the more they can see that it's possible for them too nice how often would you say you do all the research and compile the case studies and look at the material and sit down and prepare a sales letter and then it goes live but it doesn't meet your expectations is it rare or is it common? Well, I always have outrageous expectations. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> just like, and this is going to convert at 100%. <laughs> Every single client would have an outrageous expectation, except for yeah. myself, of course, because I'm I'm just such a pragmatist and I understand that it might take some refinements to hit the mark. But my experience from seeing other people is they're very unrealistic. Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like they think a, that good sales copy will fix a shitty product, for example, like the magic uh, salesperson oh, totally. can yeah. sell anything. Uh, but of course, you want to stack the odds in your favor as a copywriting expert and only work with products that are actually good, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it is you, I do a sales page or a copy or whatever, but it's for an offer that isn't proven. Like I've kind of just stopped writing for new offers because it's like, eh, there's, this is just a lot of risk. And if it doesn't work, we don't know what the problem is. Or even if there's no like normal sort of audience, like they're figuring out what audience to get. It's like if the audience is improving, if the offer is improving, then that's kind of a fundamental, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't even know your market, that's like what could you possibly work with? Yeah, no, you're, you're just. Do you have a dartboard in the office? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's random market segments and see, just go with whatever it lands on. <laughs> Yeah, copy can't just magically fix any everything, unfortunately. That is interesting. I mean, I do the same, and you would be aware of that. I don't really do startups. I work with people who are already in motion because I don't want to steer a parked car. You know, the more they bring to the table, the better, and the more we can work with. What sort of transformations do you often see? Like with mine, I think it's fair to say that the rejuvenated copy, which, and I must say, it coincided with the new design and some new photography, but, but that was all intentional. And I'd say they all contributed. But in order, I'd say, you know, the market's probably the most important thing, which I already had. The copy, like the actual words, is probably the second most important thing. And then the third most important thing might be the way that it's designed. And you helped me and the designer helped me, the two of you, <laughs> working together to tune the end result because we sort of put it all there at the same time. 
but it most definitely improved our conversions and it improved the quality of the client that we're getting and it made the onboarding and the framing of what we're selling easier. So I had less interpretation to have to do after someone joined. So I could see a direct result. And over time, it's proving out as we scale the membership. It hasn't missed a beat. It's super consistent too. That's the other thing is uh, it's just synced perfectly with our front-end content. So it's married up to our videos and podcasts and it just flows nicely. And uh, I'm very, very happy with it. What sort of results do you normally see when you upload new copy? Does it really depend on how bad it was to start with? Yeah. I mean, if page was really bad, then it can be pretty easy to see big conversions pretty quickly. I knew my stuff was pretty average because <laughs> because I have a strong front end. I was getting away with less than adequate copy and um, then picking them up with a strong card abandonment sequence, which I also teach my members. Like if you can have the really strong front and a really strong back, then the middle was the weakest link in my case. And by bolstering that, it's just hit the accelerator now. So I guess there's a few pieces. Even when we're doing the sales page, we realized we needed to address the pages leading to the sales page to keep it all consistent. And so can you speak to that? Like how much of a campaign should we be considering? Like, because there's the emails as well that many people don't have. And I feel that was quite strong. And my pre-framing was strong. You know, from the home page to the pre-sale page, to the order page, to the cart page, these are all things that need tuning. Yeah. And it's super important to think of like, it's not just the sales page. It's okay. How are they? getting to this like i went through your welcome sequence i'm like how does this make sense for what they just read in this email to now they're here or if they're going from their home page your home page has that awesome bucketing so we're like okay we can't just have them go from this bucket to all go to the same sales page we've got to have that buffer which is going to call out really what they're looking for and then guide it into this is what you want and then this is why this coaching offer makes sense for that specifically. Exactly. So you've got to basically hand the baton on from the story. Like even from the first ad through to whatever they get to the emails to the page, it all has to flow seamlessly and that's why- All got to be congruent, yeah. And the, you know, whoever's charged with the copywriting on the sales page, you know, unless they're briefed or aware of or researching or involved with any other part of the funnel- if they're doing it in isolation, it could be really risky that there's a huge disconnect or that you're not going to optimize the results. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't just sort of write a piece of copy in a vacuum. You've got to know everything. <laughs> That's why I was doing so much research earlier. So you've got to know everything about the audience and the product and how it fits into the sequence and the journey that the customer's on. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I get asked all the time just to save me answering them after this podcast goes live and then getting an email. Brian, where does someone find a professional copywriter? I would go to copychief.com. Generally, if I get leads or referrals that I don't have time for, I just post that up in CopyChief. And, you know, you sent me somebody that I wasn't able to help. So I just posted their description in CopyChief and got like 12 replies that day. Right. And then I had to quickly be like, okay, sorry, we're all set, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I found you through Kevin through CopyChief. And I trust Kevin because I know that he's a good copywriter yeah. and he knows me very well because we've been working together. So referral is always amazing. And you know, obviously people are always asking me, James, where do you get a copywriter? The first thing I say is, well, it's not going to be cheap. However, if you get a good one, it'll be worth it because I think some people are running around with sort of a, a bit of a budget in mind. Like yep. some people might have $500 to throw at copy. What sort of copy will they get for 500 Depends what they're looking for. I mean, that could get you a really good email or a really bad sales page. Right. So it's, it depends on a few factors. I know that many copywriters are going to charge a few thousand dollars as a starting point, And then it goes up from there, of course, yeah. tens. 
15, 20, 25, 30. What are some of the higher copywriting fees that you're aware of because you circulate in the industry? Yeah, I mean, there's like sales pages. I know some guys that are doing like, you know, 25 grand plus uh, royalties or even up to 50. Yeah, it can get pretty crazy. But I guess, you know, it's worth it. Some of these people would make 50 grand in sales in a day. Yeah, if you've got crazy what do you call it? If you're doing a ton of sales every day and we're a 50 grand paying that much and getting a, you know, 1% bump conversion can start to bring in an extra like hundred grand a month or whatever it is. Like, yeah, that can totally be worth it. You know, it's worth it if you have high volume proven products and a strong back end, you know, your customer value and stuff like that. I think the real challenge is that chicken and egg until you have an offer that converts, you don't have the money to invest in the supplier to boost your business. So yeah. what if someone's at the very early stages? I hate this question, by the way, when people ask me because I I don't want to work with that market by choice. It's just too hard and there's too many unknowns. If someone is starting out, do you have good resource or a book you'd recommend they join Copy Chief, those sort of things? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend Copy Chief. And if you're just starting out, like, then you could be fine just getting like a newer copywriter who's just like, you know, they've done the homework and they're just hungry. Or you can hire a coach, you write it yourself and just have them go over it and help you tweak it and refine it. Um, because it just doesn't really make that much sense to put a bunch of money into copy if you're still still working on your audience and offer. What was your favorite training when you came through? Uh, my favorite training? Uh, John Carlton's Simple Writing System. Carlton. That was a big one for me. That name sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been around apparently. Yeah, that's the one that like gave me a ton of confidence and was like, okay, now I can just fall back if I don't know what to write for a sales letter. Like, I'll just follow his little system. So that was great. I've got his folder in my top drawer here. You know, it was basically down to hiring you or pulling out that folder and brushing up again. But I know that takes quite a lot of time to get mastery. And I'm at a level of business where my time can be well spent on other things. Now, John Carlton, just if you're listening to this and you didn't pick up on my banter, John Carlton is episode number one on the Superfast Business Podcast (laughs) from 2009. Well worth a listen. And one thing about copywriting is the fundamentals don't really change no matter whether the technology does, but the same core principles have been probably applied for hundreds of years. Yeah, totally. That's why, I mean, if I was to recommend a book, it'd probably be How to Write a Good Advertisement. I think that's a really good one for just getting started off. It's super old, but still one that's worth revisiting a lot. And it's got sort of like action steps at the end that can help you actually apply what you're learning. Oh, that is a wonderful tip. So where to from here? I'm curious, what's your next mission, Brian, now that we've done our job? (laughs) (laughs) My next mission is really focusing on the case studies, Um, just helping people create case studies for their business, then finding all the ways that they can mix it in. You know, if you get a welcome sequence, that's really just case study driven, doing Facebook retargeting. There's a lot of ways to use them. And it's it's such a just simple way that people don't think to use, but it's like, it's your strongest piece of marketing really, because it tells the whole story and it's got built-in proof. I love it. So really helping people with, you know, launches, onboarding sequence that are based around case studies instead of exhausting copy. <laughs> Clearly it separates the pretenders and the fake it till you make it's from the people who are actual practitioners. You know, some people say, well, I haven't got a success story yet. Well, I say, go out and get one, like work for free or even (laughs) have your own business as a success story. Like don't try and sell stuff until you've got at least a success story. But once you do document it and publish it, it's a lot like the test drive when I was uh, in Mercedes-Benz. We knew if someone drove the car, they're more likely to buy it because the proof is in the doing. 
And if you've got success stories and you've been able to achieve transformations for people and you can document it, and if you can articulate it correctly, which is why I got help from Brian, you will find your life becomes easier. You, you don't have to ever hustle or hard sell or hype because the customers are there. I mean, prospects could literally reach out and speak with a real customer of yours and validate that success. And of course, one little byproduct that I've noticed is when you interview your customers and get the success stories, it kind of reinforces in their mind the transformation they had and it seems to generate more referrals. Totally. I've got a lot of referrals right now in my inbox from existing customers who are just fans and maybe some of them have sort of been a little bit reactivated by the little survey we did or appearing on the sales page. It's kind of a nice thing a customer can do if they're really happy with the way that they got a result. Like I am doing this podcast because I'm happy with what you did uh, with with my side. You know, I'm happy to share it because sure enough, people ask me all the time for who do I recommend? You know, of course, marketingwithbrian.com is a great place to go and get the top shelf solution if you just want to go straight for the gold. That's what I did. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks very much. And yeah, one other thing just to tack on to what you're just saying, especially for membership sites, like case studies can be super powerful because you're showing like it gives them a kind of FOMO of like, oh, like this is what everyone else is doing. This is how everyone else is using the material in there. And I've kind of been dragging my feet the past like five months. Like it can be inspiring. I'm a member of some other membership sites and I hear those stories and I'm like, man, I got to use those templates. (laughs) (laughs) So it can be, I mean, you can use it for like, you know, a Attracting leads, just customer retention, closing sales. They really you slip them into any part of your current funnel and you can see it boost pretty quickly. Well, as part of your research, you became a member of Superfast Business. And I'm just curious, since you are a member of some other communities, what's your sense of the general vibe of the people we have and the, the trainings we do and the way it works? Yeah, I mean, the people in are super cool. Like they're just very positive and yeah, they're all in it and doing stuff. It's not like, you know, some other communities can sometimes just have like the, you know, oh no, I'm lost. What am I doing with my life kind of stuff? But <laughs> like there's really good questions. There's really good answers and stuff like incredible stuff comes out of nowhere. Like I remember searching through and all of a sudden there's this like guy who was talking about how he like got a million YouTube subscribers. And it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's just like breaking it down and sharing it or whatever. Like, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was something like that. And I was just like, oh, and this is like, you know, this isn't even the, you know, awesome trainings that you do that are like, oh yeah, here's the stuff I do in my business. Like this is kind of just stuff that's on the side that can help people explode their business and are super awesome. And yeah, and and the people in there just really high level, just really got their stuff together and are just in there doing it. So it was it was really cool to be able to talk with them and learn more. Well, you know, most of the reason I can keep my finger on the pulse is because of the members. Yeah. You know, with the amount of members in there, hundreds and hundreds of members sharing the best thing they've seen or the best thing they've used. The resource mining is phenomenal. I, I always see things in super fast business first, and then I'll see it on Facebook a day later or a few days later. <laughs> like it's the central hub, the collective brain of resource sharing, and they are all of a certain type, which I like and very happy to be around. That's why I could do it for 10 years because they've become a big part of my life. I log in every day yeah. and do my rounds, answer questions, 
keep peace. <laughs> and uh, I love it. Brian, let's wrap up with a final piece of parting advice. If someone's considering whether they should hire a professional copywriter, what would be some of the things on your little filter, your checklist of you know things that would help tip you either way as to a yes or a no? If they have a proven offer, if they have an audience, if they have existing copy, a lot of times... That's a great sign for me if I can just come in and make something better, which usually just involves a lot of like rewriting completely. But if they already have like something going up and it's just like, okay, we've got this thing and it's kind of working, but this product's awesome. We're getting amazing results. And like, we just want to crank this thing to 11. Like that's when I'm like, okay, let's do this. And actually they've got to like really care too. Cause if they're just like, oh, I'm selling this thing because that's what will make me money right now that I'm, it's hard for me to get behind it. Perfect. And plus if you have a high value of activities that you could be doing instead of studying your copywriting books, uh, maybe go and do that. Like if your effective hourly rate in whatever else you do is high, it starts to make a lot more sense to invest in a copywriter. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like you were saying, like you could have spent all that time writing the copy and you would have done a great job or you hand it off to me and that lets you, you know, you've got... <laughs> business owners have like a zillion things to do. <laughs> I don't know about you because you spend a lot of time surfing and got things pretty leveraged, but <laughs> I know a lot of other entrepreneurs have, you know, none other things. Pretty much um, certain that what you delivered was better than what I would have ended up with. And I do have a strong background in selling, but you've got a stronger background in copywriting for the web and that's one of the hardest things to give up is stuff you're actually good at. And uh, that's why it was a great learning experience for me and a wonderful experience as well. So, Brian, thank you so much for coming and sharing and for helping me out with Superfast Business. Uh, if you want to see Brian's handiwork, go to superfastbusiness.com. Click through the menu and choose the right options for you. You know, if you feel compelled to join, you'll know why. <laughs> and uh, if you need some help for yourself, check out Brian's website, marketingwithbrian.com. And uh, this is episode 687. It's fully transcribed at superfastbusiness.com. Thanks, Brian. Awesome. Thanks very much. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com.